At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for listening. Hope you're all doing well, staying safe uh, around the country. Things are so bad. Please wear your mask and uh, stay six feet away from people and listen to the SI Media Podcast. We have a good one today. Jay Onrate from Toronto, I shouldn't say Toronto, well, he lives in Toronto, he does Canada's Sports Center on TSN, and uh, he is a great guest, very engaging, very funny, talks about when uh, him and his partner Dan O'Toole, they worked at FS1 when FS1 started up and they were going to take on ESPN and take on Sports Center, and he was the host of their highlight show at FS1 for four years and various uh, iterations of it, he talks about that time and everything, and uh, we get into uh, many other topics as well. Very funny guy and uh, appreciated him coming on. If you missed any past episodes, we had Jamel Hill on last week. She was uh, great talking about her time at ESPN and her upcoming uh, work with Colin Kaepernick. Austin Carp two weeks ago uh, discussed a variety of topics going on in sports media. So check those out if you missed them. And uh, if you're not a subscriber, if you can subscribe, rate and review. That helps tremendously. All right, let's get to this week's episode with Jay Onrey. Okay, joining me now, long time coming. I don't know why <clears throat> this has not happened sooner, but uh, joining me from Canada, one of the most famous people in Canada, Jay Onrey. Jay, how's it going? Oh, great, Jimmy. One of the most famous people in America. <laughs> Fame has brought yeah. together. It's been an interesting ride. Uh, we were at Fox. Uh, I, I call them the, you know, the the uh, the missing years that I try not to think about often. And you were there at the same time. I was I was on Fox.com. You were on FS1. But I, you know, I was a fan way before that ever happened. Uh, I know you provided me with me- much material during my hot clicks day, so I always appreciated that. And uh, it's good to finally have you on. Yeah, it's great to be on with you, Jimmy. And I love the podcast. And uh, I just had our mutual friend. Kyle Brandt on with us uh, on the Jay and Dan podcast. And uh, what a guy. What a 
Uh, One of my favorites. Story about getting Michael Jordan's autograph when he was a kid and the cologne spilling out of the car. And yeah. What a what a magnificent person he and Peter Schrager. I love that show. That's one of the shows we do get up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get the NFL Network up here, so I get to catch up with those guys because I'm up early with small children all the time. I always like to brag that I was sort of the first person to publicly say that that was a great show, and um, it's good to be right every now and then. And I, I, we got to get into. I want to get into the Kyle's appearance there. I, I was a bad host here, though. I should have when I injured you mention intro you introed you mentioned that you host sports center on tsn and kind of near the jane dan podcast sports center with an re that's right not, not the er one yeah. yes i remember uh i always remember i think it was the 2005 nba finals uh they they sent me to cover it i think it was the pistons and spurs and we would have michael wilbon on regularly because uh tsn is one third owned by espn so we'd, we'd have lots of espn personalities and and Michael just could not wrap his head around the, <laughs> the spelling change. Yeah. yeah. Center probably should not be spelled C-E-N-T-R-E now that I think. Well, you have to differentiate it. And I think, I, so I'm, I learned one thing already. I didn't realize ESPN was one third of an owner of TSN. That's and I've always wondered how, you know, there was Sports Center in America, Sports Center in Toronto or Canada. And the, you know, the spelling difference was there, but it it would have seemed like a copyright infringement deal. So I think the, uh, so just very quick backstory, I believe that American companies or any foreign companies can only own one third max of a Canadian broadcast entity. It could have my numbers. Right. And so I remember when ESPN bought into TSN, they immediately wanted to change the name to ESPN Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, change at the time, TSN's highlight show was called Sports Desk. And they wanted to obviously change that to Sports Center. And I think the ESPN Canada thing they just held off on because TSN was established as a name up here already. But they relented on the Sports Center thing. And we were all thrilled because those of us who were working behind the scenes, I was working behind the scenes in the newsroom at TSN at the time. And that was the heyday of, uh, you know, Dan and Keith and Kilborn and Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott. And, you know, the glory days of Sports Center, as, as people often call it, your buddy Jimmy Miller calls it. So, um, so for me, I was, th- you know, we were thrilled. Suddenly yeah. we were, we were yeah. working on SportsCenter. It seemed somewhat cooler at that point. You know, it's interesting because we're talking about this, and I didn't plan to discuss it, but it just popped in my head. I had Jamel Hill on the podcast last week, and we had talked about what she went through with the 6 p.m. Sports Center and how at that time there was a big narrative at the time. Um, this is, this is was sort of what she brought up about how Highlights are dead, highlights are dead, highlights are dead. And I'm just curious because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you're hosting a highlight show or at least, you know, what's supposed to be with Sports Center. What's your take on the highlights are dead? People want highlights. How do you guys handle it on, on Sports Center, you and Dan? What's your take on that? Well, for us up here, they were never dead. And when we went to FS1 and when we started doing a highlight show and then, you know, when Jamie Horowitz came in and took over and, you know, his whole narrative was, you know, he'd, he'd have us in, in a meeting and, and the first thing he would want to discuss is how, you know, the traditional sports centers ratings were trending down and how the shows that he had been a part of or, or had some sort of hand in creating at ESPN, those shows were trending up. And you're right, that was completely the narrative at the time. And, and for us, 
um, we just didn't fit into that mold. And maybe, you know, right. maybe it was the same thing for Jamel and, and Michael in some ways that, um, you know, I never understood why they took Jamel and Michael off a show that was working. Right. And tried right. to uh, shoehorn them into a format that clearly they weren't comfortable in. Um, and I guess you could say the same thing about Dan and I when we went to, to FS1 in a lot of ways. The one thing Dan always said was that nobody, you know, we were such a huge success in Canada and they brought us down because we were a huge success in Canada. But at no point did anyone at Fox say, OK, what do you guys think we should do with you? You know, like nobody, right. they, they just sort of shoehorned us into this uh, three hour long show with Carissa, who is fantastic. But mm -hmm. um, overall, it just it was it was kind of a disaster from the get-go. So I completely understand Jamal's line of thinking there. Yeah, it's funny because in doing a little bit of research, um, I, I didn't realize you had done that show for four years. I, you got there in 2013, and I remember that. And you were there until 2017. That show on FS1 lasted four years. I was, was shocked. Yeah. By that. It felt shorter. Yeah, yeah I, I think <laughs> to America it felt shorter too. Well, and, it was, and every year it was different. You know, the first year was the big launch and the the one for fun and all that right. Uh, right. nonsense. And that Andy was Roddick, Andy Roddick breaking down the NBA. That's right. Andy, yeah. uh, Donovan McNabb, Gary. It was uh, all amazing people. And I mean, front and you know this, too. You've worked for Fox. I mean, front yeah. the camera, behind the camera. And as far as the way they treat talent, they could not mm -hmm. talent any better. They're the, the, fr the most talent friendly entity ever to the point of, you know, letting someone like it always confused me because up here, the, the concept of us being able to go to a competing network and host uh, a reality show is just a non-starter up here. Whereas, you know, someone like Aaron Andrews, for example, got to be on Dancing with the Stars on ABC for years and years. Right. So they saw that as a good thing. And I appreciated that. I thought that was really forward thinking from Fox because in their minds, the bigger their talent got, even if it was on another network, the better it was for them. So that's funny because Erin always told me that. She always said Fox loved that she did Dancing with the Stars, and it, you know they like when something for them. They want their talent to be even more high profile. So yeah, as, as far as that's concerned, they treated us great. But yeah, it was four different iterations. It was that first one that we sort of mentioned with Andy and Gary, and it was like a three hour long show and it was like two shows in one. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. And then they, uh, yeah. Dan and I do essentially our old version of the show um, for a while. And then I always remember we, we, uh, we decided to do a show for a week in a, a prop closet. And yes. I, wow. I had completely forgotten about that version of the show. Yes. I remember because I remember there was one night you had Travis Kelsey on. Yes. And I think I was having him on around this. Or I was in it. He was probably, he was promoting something. He, he was, was promoting that, his, uh, his date. I believe he did like a dating show on yes. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> where he dated 50 women at once. And uh, <laughs> exactly. God, how can you not love Travis Kelsey? And I remember watching that episode because I think I was interviewing him for the show. Not on a podcast, maybe like a, you know, over the phone for uh, for something with that show. Um Wow, I had forgotten about, yeah, they stuck in that little studio and then how do you do that? Yeah. Well, it was, but it was actually different because it, it started in this prop closet. It was literally the best damn sports shows prop closet. And we wow. went in there because, long story short, they had sent every show to the Super Bowl in San Francisco except for our show. So <laughs> instead of sulking about it, we thought, why don't we pretend that 
not only did the shows go, but the crew went and we have no crew and we have to do the show in the prop closet because this is the only space that's lit in the entire. Unbelievable. So, so when- it went well, like we did it for a week and we, we kept, yeah. you know, this suits us better somehow. It's more kind of low rent. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of more fun. So then they decided, well, we've got this tiny studio we could build. So that's when they put us in the small studio. And that was the final iteration of the show. And that was when Jamie, Horowitz was running the network and was very anti-highlight. So he just wanted us right. to essentially do a talk show, which right. was uh, probably the best version of the show, but but it was only maybe a year that we got to do that. It seems like these days, in 2020, no matter whatever network you'd be at, they'd have you do the highlight show and then have you do a, a, another show, a 30-minute interview show. That's It seems like everyone's sort of doubling and tripling up these days. I mean... Yeah, there's a podcast. Everyone, you know, if you're on TV, you have a podcast, you have a YouTube channel or Instagram lives or, you know, no one does one thing anymore. So they they would have probably used you better now than they did then. It's possible. And, um, you know, I think the other thing is that, you know, no matter what you say about highlight shows, ultimately they are, as we say in the business, shoulder programming. Right, Jimmy? They've got to have something leading into it. Mm -hmm. We just had nothing. We had no we had no programming. Right, Right that you would want to stick around for maybe UFC might've been an exception, but we just didn't have that programming. So um, I don't care who you would have stuck in that seat at FS1 in the early days. Uh, you know, I know they were talking to Scott Van Pelt about going there and, and I think yeah. Scott's just an East coast guy and he didn't want to do it. But even Scott, had he gone, I would have struggled ratings wise because there's just no, there was right. just no reason. It wasn't destination viewing. Now it changed, for example, and you know this because I know you love baseball. When the baseball playoffs happened, man, our ratings went through the roof, right? Because right. Our, people had to find our channel. And if they found our channel, then they're probably sticking around and seeing what's on after, after the game's over. So we right. did great for a good two weeks in October uh, or late September. Did you did you have a moment? You got to Fox in twenty thirteen. Did you have a moment? I mean, you said before it was a disaster from the beginning, but was there a like, oh boy, this is what am I doing? Why didn't I stay where I was? Or you know, this is not going to work. When, when did it hit you? Absolutely not. At no point did I ever think that I was having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. It was just we were living in L.A. We were having a great time. The day, it's funny how if the day-to-day of your workplace is really, really fun, you don't mm-hmm. wet the whole minutia of, oh, man, our ratings are bad, people are bad us. Like, right. you know, Frances is calling us out on the radio saying nobody knows who we are. I thought oh, yeah. it was all hilarious, and I got a kick out of it. And I at no point was I ever down or, or depressed about it. I had a blast from the moment we arrived in 2013 to the moment we left. And I think, like I said, a lot of that had to do with how great everyone is there behind the scenes and how, how comfortable they make you feel. No matter what your no matter how your show's doing, they you know, they treat everybody really good. So yeah, no at no point did I ever feel bad. did I were there moments where I said to myself leaving a show, would I actually watch the show I just hosted? And I would have to say to myself, probably not. Definitely. Right, I, I guess the better question is, when did you realize it wasn't working? Oh, right away. I mean, it was, you know, we brought up Aaron. Like, a lot of people forget stuff like this. Aaron Andrews hosted a show at the beginning of Fox Sports, of Fox Sports 1, right, right? right? She hosted the college football, essentially the game day competitor. 
Yep. And the NFL on Fox guys were on it. We had a show called Fox Football Daily. Um, mm-hmm. They were regularly on that show. But we're talking maybe a month in, all of a sudden, a lot of those people were going away. <laughs> I think they saw it. I think things, and I think they were like, "Get me out of here," and uh, and I couldn't blame them. Um, but we were under contract, and and for me, it was like, let's just make the best of it and see if we can make something work here. I guess I have no regrets about it because there was no control, really. You know, you're you're really doing what you can. My my only wish is that we had so many different producers, Jimmy. I would have loved to have had a one producer who really believed in us really loved us and got our vision you know i think we might have had a bit more of a chance there but nothing ever rated on fs1 except for skip bayless mm-hmm. ever right colin came over from espn they simulcast his show on on fs1 it did not rate um Nobody rated. But when Skip came, that elevated everybody, right? No matter what you think of Skip, and I know you have your opinions about Skip, when he came over, he brought legitimate viewers with him. And the shows that came on after him, Colin's show, Jason Whitlock's show with Colin, all the shows that followed, immediately their ratings went up. So um, Skip was the only one (laughs) that they hired that actually made a difference in the ratings. Yeah. The funny thing is, you know, you talk about, the numbers and I mean, what the numbers are just so they're still minuscule for the grand scheme. I mean, we're talking about like 150,000 viewers because I've always, this is what I've always said about all the shows, whether they're on ESPN or FS1 is you know, who's home watching TV or one of the, I mean, we all are now, but yes, before, right. I don't know, like who's home at like 11 in the morning, sitting on the couch, watching TV. It's just, you know, even if you, you can, know, you can work off hours and work nights and stuff like that. But the chances of like, you know, being entrenched on the couch at 11 o'clock in the morning, watching People fake argue about sports is interesting. Oh, it's, it's true, and and up here it absolutely doesn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have any of those shows up here, so I don't know. Yeah, it's I'm not exactly sure about it. Though you know, the last kind of our last hurrah was the 2017 Super Bowl in Houston, or maybe it was the yeah 2017 Super Bowl in Houston, and um, they just decided to stick us on during the day with everybody else. It was so weird. It was like. Okay, wait. We're we're on at night. It would be like taking um, it would be like taking Scott Van Pelt show, and all of a sudden at the Super Bowl saying, "Hey guys, we're going to be on at three in the afternoon." Like it would just confuse viewers, right? Uh, that's kind of what we did constantly. We constantly confused the viewers because our show was never really on at the same time, and and uh, so yeah, it's uh, you need that that habit forming that comes from. Hey, you know, that's maybe one of the things that's worked for Good Morning Football. You know what? No matter what, you know that show is going to be on when it's going to be on, and you love the personalities on it. If you're a hardcore football fan, then you're going to tune in. I get livid when one of them is. I mean, in the summer, it doesn't. You know, right now they're all on. They all take vacation because there's nothing going on. But like, if one of them is missing, I text Peter and Kyle. I'm like, I don't. You know, let's go. I don't like this when there's a when there's a ringer coming in. It bothers everybody when you have a show. You know, like the the old PTI thing, right? Like how when with Mike and and uh, and Tony, it's it's a great show and with anyone else it's an okay show but it's not just not the right. same right exactly it's just always been the, that way with great combinations i think it, you just can't force the chemistry and right. when it works as it does with good morning football boy the good morning football people better be sending us like 
1-800-Flower bouquets <laughs> or whatever because that's morning show on television as far as i'm one more, one more thing about the old days and then we'll we'll move on but i mean so w- when you got when you left fox F- fs1 and you went back to canada um was it instant right away where you guys were a hit again did you have to like sort of reintroduce yourselves to the public or was it just like oh these guys are back thank god and everything was great from the get-go yeah it was pretty much great from the get-go it was um there was a real, you know, it was touching. There was a real sadness when we left. And mm-hmm. I even surprised TSN, to be honest. I don't think they realized that people would be that sad when we left. And, you know, what's funny, when we did leave, you know, I think in the back of our minds, we thought, well, probably, you know, we'll go back someday. But I don't think we thought we'd go back as soon as we did go back. Um, you know, I thought maybe we'd be down in LA for 10 years and come up. But in hindsight now, the way the business has changed so much, uh, it's probably it probably worked out perfectly because, yeah, we were away for four years and it doesn't seem like a long time, but the way technology has changed, as you know, Jimmy, and the way people watch sports and streaming and everything, um, you know, it was probably a good thing we got back and sort of reclaimed our, our spot. And, and that was the other thing. It was very important for us to go back to the exact kind of same spot we were at um, you know, we got a, TSN offered us literally any time slot we wanted. We could have done an afternoon show. We could have done a PTI style show. But in my mind, I just knew our show still loops in the morning. We do the old school '90s thing, so we're on late oh, at night, wow. and it still loops in the morning. And really, the loop in the morning is is how we became so big up here, kids. And that's what our our old boss he predicted it, and he was correct correct about it. Um, Little kids, he just said, they're going to get up, they're going to watch you guys, they're going to stay with you from when they're young to when they go off to college, then they'll be watching you at night. And that is exactly what's happened. You know, every day people stop me and say, I grew up with you. I I loved watching you as a kid. I loved watching when I went away to college because I could watch it different times. So that was very important for us to be back. So yeah, when we came back, it was uh, it was kind of an instant hit again. And we were very fortunate uh, for that. that, uh, but, But, you know, had we come back, 10 years later, Jimmy, who knows, right? Like the landscape just changes so much. Who knows if, oh, yeah. we, would have, if we would have been uh, welcomed back uh, so warmly if we had stayed away quite that long. I, I, I'm sure you would have been because I'm thinking in my head while you're speaking, you mentioned him before, uh, and it, what, you're, what it sounds like with you and Dan is, is sort of like it makes me think of Mike and the Mad Dog here in New York where people my age grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog just legendary iconic radio show they split up and and to this day i mean they've been split up now a long time i think it's been like 11 years or something like that and there are still diehards who if they got back together today for like a month of shows would be going crazy so i i i i think you guys would have been fine no matter when you got back because that's i think that's sort of like the uh i think there's like a an equivalent there with mike and the mad dog in new york and you guys in canada yeah it's that's i think it's a perfect analogy and it's for any Anyone you grow up with, right? I mean, think of Dan and Keith. Um, obviously, Dan has gone on to major, major success, and Keith has as well. But for those of us who, you know, grew up watching those guys together, you know, anytime they would tease us, I think they got back together and did one show a couple of years ago or something, right? And it's just so cool. It's just cool to see those guys get back together. And so, yeah, I, I'm so with you. And that's part of what I love about sports TV is, is – 
you know, knowing someone like you and someone like me who not only love sports, but love the media and everything around it, um, just to have that mutual language about loving a show from the past, um, I think that's kind of a, a pretty awesome thing. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right. So we mentioned earlier, highlights are not dead, but you do a highlight show and we have no sports for the last four months. So what have you guys been doing? Yeah, this is the question I get multiple times every day when, when I walk <laughs> yes. down the street. Um, well, so the first thing we did was we went down to a half hour. So that helped the cause immensely. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, doing the show from home. It's funny because we have so many talented people, so many sports insiders, just like everybody does in the States. So we had plenty of people sitting around, uh, you know, able to put things together for us, interviews, essays, pieces, you know, analysis. So we never have had a problem filling the show. But I will say I'm very ecstatic to get uh, sports back this month because our ratings have uh, reflected the fact that people are not that excited about tuning into a sports channel during these uh, <laughs> times. So it's going to be great. And, you know, it's been great doing it from home, even for a Luddite like me. I mean, we have amazing technical producers who have helped me get hooked up every day. And thankfully it's gone okay. But I am i can't tell you how excited I am to get back in the studio, Jimmy. And, um, you know, having everything kind of start at once means all these highlights will be going on at once. And then, as you know, the NBA playing multiple games a day, the NHL playing like six a day. Um, that's going to be, you know, very difficult to execute if I were to stay in my basement. So yeah. so I think uh, I think we'll be back in studio August the 1st uh, when oh. hockey starts, uh, because, uh, as you know, hockey is uh, is somewhat popular up here. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, I hate to have you be like the Canada Corona spokesperson, but give me a little taste of what it's like there right now. You said you're going back to the studio August 1st. So I assume things are opened up there. And is it bad there? Right? I mean, here in the US, obviously, we have so many states right now that are really bad. And it's weird because yeah. I'm in New York where things are actually really good. So it, and we were bad in you know March, April, May. We've got things um, pretty under control right now. I have to say, um, 
here in New York, you, you, you go on Twitter and you see these just horrific videos with these horrific people. But I got to say here in New York, I'd say when I go out, I, I got to say like the mask wearing rate is probably like 98%. I think that's why the numbers here went down. Wow. Curious what's going on there in, in Toronto. That's pretty good. I It's very similar here, I think, you know, started, you know, with, with all the uncertainty that everybody felt. Um, lots of predictions of doom and gloom, and it never quite hit here the way it did in New York. Uh, you know, there wasn't building uh, temporary tents outside of hospitals and things like that. It wasn't quite right. that bad to start. And subsequently, it's not ever been as bad as I think we expected it to be, especially outside of Toronto and the other parts of Canada that are less po- uh, populated and certainly less densely populated than Toronto. So, yeah, for the most part, life is kind of returning to normal here. Having said that, as our mutual hero, Larry David, would say, having said that, my company has been so, so stringent about not having many people in studio. Yeah, they, just, yeah. they just are really paranoid about it. And, and that's totally great. You know, obviously, they're concerned about, about employee safety. So when I do go back, you know, I think we'll have a very bare bones skeleton crew and, uh, and, and we have a massive studio. So, so we'll be good. We'll be able to social distance among, you know, the camera operators and the producers and everybody. But, um, but for the most part, yeah, things have returned to normal here, but, um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what normal is anymore, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's yeah. Like here things have, you know, we say things are getting back to normal, but it's still, you know. 50% 50% seating indoors. Most people still don't want to eat indoors. So normal is still bizarre. Well, and to put it another way, the NHL is doing two hub cities, right? So the NBA right. is doing the bubble in, in Orlando and, and as is MLS, the NHL is doing the two hub cities. And, you know, Vegas was always the front runner to the point where <laughs> we, before uh, our own hockey insider, Bob McKenzie broke the news that it was going to be Toronto and Edmonton were going to be the hub cities. Weeks before, it, it was sort of talked about among the hockey media, the hockey community, that Vegas was a lock, right? The players wanted to be there for obvious reasons. Um, it, and it also just made sense, right? It, it made sense as a hub. You know, they could they could stay in the hotels. They could basically not walk outside. They have that arena there that the Golden Knights play in. They could probably play at the Thomas and Mac, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what their other plan was, but... But in the end, they, they went to Canada simply because the numbers in Canada were, were too good. I use good as, you know, I don't know what other word to use, Jimmy, but right. the numbers were, were so low up here that I think they just, they realized in the end that, that the numbers were going up in Nevada and they just had to, they had to come up here because those markets were available. Yeah. I know there was the famous Stephen A. Smith ran from a couple of weeks ago where he um, talked about how the NBA players are not going to be able to handle not having quote, recreational activities in the bubble in Orlando. And his he said that the players were fighting hard for Vegas because it's Vegas. I don't yep. think anything else needs to be really said about that. Now they're stuck in Orlando in the bubble. And um, it's interesting that they can, if they, if they would have the NBA players and the NHL players in Vegas at the same time. Oh, my gosh. It would have been, yeah. Yeah. Been well, and then the other side of it is you know, baseball, you know, having – everybody do their training camps, you know, in their own individual facilities, stadiums, you know, it's, we ran into a problem here last week because the Canadian government had to allow the Blue Jays to let them have training camp up here at Skydome. 
But what they didn't tell the players is that part of that agreement, (laughs) this will blow your mind. Part of that agreement was that if a player was caught outside of the bubble. Oh, right. Good. $750,000 fine and potential jail time. Now, who's making that rule, law, whatever it is? Who's determining that figure? 750. This is the thing. Okay. I don't think even the most ardent right-wing person up here would ever suggest that if Randall Gritchett was spotted at a local McDonald's that he would be thrown in a, well, you know, a well-funded Canadian jail. I don't think that's happening, but I think the point was that the Canadian government, you know, probably would have preferred if the Jays didn't have to bring, you know, a ton of people up here. And, you know, it's like anything, right? The border is closed. So, um, you know, it's supposed to be for, for only essential services. So they're going to make it difficult on them. That's just the way they're going to do it. It's the government. So, you know, they go with the most sort of almost ridiculous possible thing to try to deter players from stepping outside that bubble. And, uh, and that was it. But I just, I guess nobody read the fine print because, uh, Randall Gritchick, Travis Shaw, all these guys are tweeting last week how they're you know there's no way that's gonna happen <laughs> there's no way they're gonna stay inside the bubble which i thought was pretty hilarious so they're just are they so that they just not allowed in public places like can they go for a jog well i think i don't think so jimmy i think oh, the understanding was is, is that the bubble you know for the blue jays because there's a there's a hotel at the stadium so I think the the concept was it's going to be a bubble just like the bubble in Orlando at you know at Wild World of Sports. Um, they stay there for the two weeks of training camp and then they do their games. So they play games on the road when they're back here at home. They want them to stay in the bubble. They want them to stay in that stadium. And do we know? Do we know if the Blue Jays will have better food than the players in the uh, Orlando bubble? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. I mean, I don't know how how great. Uh, room service no matter how great food is it's just gonna start tasting the like you're at a bad all-inclusive after a while yeah. right I mean, so I was, I was examining those photos closely and you know what i was thinking too i think maybe it's the presentation as well they're on you know yes. all these crappy paper plates and stuff like that like maybe if you know, nice dish, some nice silverware that maybe that'll spruce up the salad and make it look a little more appealing. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody called Denby or something. Somebody get some <laughs> plates in there, get it sponsored up. I mean, Adam Silver's great at that. Get everything sponsored and make it a little classier. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it, we, all, we all talk about the bubble situation and okay. Yeah. They're making millions and I get it. They're being paid to do a job and lots of people get paid to do a job where they have to be away from, from their families and why should it be any different for athletes? But that doesn't mean it's not going to suck for them. You know? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't, that's the thing about this. I, I, I mean, I sort of have this belief that once someone, whether they're an athlete, a singer, a TV person, whatever, once they hit a certain amount of money, they sort of lose perspective on what real life is about. But when you, no matter how much money you have, when you are trapped in a place and you can't leave, there is a mental toll there that money has no, is not a factor there. Whether, whether you're making 50,000, 100,000 or 100 million, if you cannot leave a bubble, that is a mental uh, weight that is hard to deal with. 
I, I couldn't agree more. And the other side of it, and I maybe people have been talking about this, but I'm fascinated by it. For example, here in Toronto, which is one of the NHL hub cities, the all the teams are staying in two hotels only. So they've got like five teams in one hotel, and a lot of those players don't like each other, and they're bound to run into each other. You know, I know they're staying on different floors, but you're going to be leaving at you know the same time, or maybe you're going to be down at the lobby, or maybe you need to fix something or do something. So people are going to be running into each other after they've just battled it out for three periods and cross-checked each other in the teeth, and I just think it's going to be weird. <laughs> like I just think it's going to be a yeah. very weird atmosphere that maybe will translate to the to the play on the ice i don't know it's it's a real sociological experiment if, yeah if really and 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 you've gotten to know athletes over the years like i have that you way more than me probably but th- there is this mentality where like after a game there's an unwinding and you know i feel like nhl players have this right you always hear like the narrative N- nhl players are the nicest and they're this and they're they're just as down and dirty as everyone else when it comes to going out after games and all that stuff. I mean, they're not going to have fun in a bubble either. I mean, no, absolutely. It's, it's going to be very, very strange. And sometimes you wonder if the teams that are going to do the best are just the youngest teams, you know, the ones who are mm. just like, like the, with the guys at the veterans, maybe you're just going to be like, get me out of here, man. Like, get me yeah. out of this bubble. I don't or it could be, the, it could be the flip side where a veteran who has like a family is probably like, he's thinking it's a vacation. Don't have to take care of the kids. Don't have to listen yeah, to his spouse. Know, it's a great point because we, <laughs> we have a theory about NHL assistant coaches that mm. um, every single one of them is just a guy who wants to get out of the house. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think your theory yeah. is, has a lot of merit. <laughs> they, I mentioned Chris Maddog Russo before. He had a great line once where he said, when you have kids, do you know when your weekend starts? Your weekend starts Monday at 9 a.m. when you go to work. That's when your oh, weekend starts. It's true. And and throughout this uh, this lockdown period, we have two kids under five. I will say that uh, there is no weekend. There is no yeah. day. Right. There's, There's no days. Right. There's no day. There's no. Yeah, exactly. That's um, have you had any. Have you had any incidents doing the pod from home with the kids coming in and crashing or anything like that? Or like you had to like wave them off or? We are very, uh, my wife used to work for TSN. So TSN still means a lot to her. So, so that would just not work for her. That would not work Mm -hmm. on her watch. She doesn't want to cause problems. So, uh, so whenever we start the pod or start the show, that's when mom club begins, Jimmy, mom club. I got you. Right. and then they're up on the third floor. They're, they're, she doesn't even want people to hear them. I'm always like, you know what? Jimmy Fallon's kids are coming in. Everyone loved that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Thing. She, uh, she's adamant that uh, those kids get out of there. And she's probably right because they would probably uh, – my setup is so so flimsy. It's, it's a tripod on another table with a cord coming. And oh, yeah. you just yeah. know that, that the one kid would be eating the cord. The other would smash <laughs> the light. Um, it would, it would not, it would not end yeah. well for us. Um, you've been doing the Jane Dan pod since 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, yeah, that's right. 2009. Yeah. Crazy. Do you still enjoy podcasting? Do you tolerate podcasting? What, cause that's a long time to be doing it. I love it. And, uh, Dan deserves all the credit. It was, he, he was the one who wanted to do it. He was an early adopter. Um, and I and it's we've connected with people and 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 our fans and our viewers in a way that's totally different from the show. 
I, I really enjoy having people on that I admire in the industry. What I like about it is we don't get a mandate from management saying, okay, you got to have this guy, you got to have this guy. It's mm -hmm. literally Dan or myself calling someone <laughs> and saying, do you want to come on? And uh, I love that. You know, I love that there's that we're just having people on that we really love and respect. And it's, you know, it's free form and everything. We actually always wanted to take it on the road. And last year for the 10th anniversary, we actually did just that. We took it on the road to, uh, to theaters across Canada. And it was just overwhelming to see crowds come out you know, and us use bizarre inside joke references from the podcast mm -hmm. from eight years ago and have the entire crowd totally get it. Um, one of our regular guests is a former sound engineer from Fox named Jim Mitchell, who worked on Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 and a bunch of Guns N' Roses stuff back in the day. And he came on the pod with us and ended up being a regular. And we would Skype him in live in a big screen in like the middle of Saskatchewan. And like 500 people would see him on the screen and instantly go absolutely banana. <laughs> just great. like, wow, this That's is great. great. You know, this is, it's amazing the power of, uh, of a podcast sometimes. So, um, we probably should have handled our business a little bit better. Maybe we'd be in oh, yeah. Bill Simmons, Joe Rogan <laughs> situation now, but, uh, right. but, but we've had fun doing it yeah. nonetheless. Joe Rogan's doing okay in the, in the podcast game. Yeah. Um, all right. Making a couple of bucks. And get, who have, who, have, who haven't you had on that you want to have on? Who's a dream guest? Give me like an athlete and a non-athlete. Great questions. Um, athlete that I'd love to have on that I've never had on probably like, this is so cliche, but I'd, I'd probably love to have Peyton on, you know, I mm, love to just talk to him about, um, I, I'm still endlessly fascinated that everyone wants Peyton to become a broadcaster and he clearly won't do it. <laughs> he just won't do it. And yet you watch him in that match with Phil and uh, Tiger and Tom Brady and man, he was just so great. You know, you're just it's all it's so tantalizing thinking of him calling games because you just know he'd be so good at it. And yeah, and you know, no matter what you think of, of Peyton and Brady and who's better in this and that, for me as someone watching football, I've never watched a player like Peyton at in his prime command. You know, the field the way he did. It was actually mesmerizing. You know, it was it was so unbelievable how he understood the game and how much of a scholar he was of the game. And so for him to translate that to broadcasting, I, you know, it's obvious why everyone wants him to do it. Um, and then non-athlete, yeah, it would probably be someone like Jerry Seinfeld or, or Larry David or, um, or even someone like Bill Maher. You know, someone – or, you know, I would say Martin Short. Like, we had Martin Short on the TV show in L.A., but I probably want to get him back on the podcast again. He was great. Legendary uh, talk show guest. Oh, Legendary. My and that's Legendary. Those guys so like. funny. Yeah. Like when you know when Martin Short's on a talk show, he's just going to be the greatest. It's going to be the greatest hour, you know, that you've had that day. And so, yeah, guys like that are the guys I like to listen to. So that, that, that would yeah. probably be my answer. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I've tried for more and it hasn't worked out. And I don't know. Larry, when Larry threw out there that he was, uh, going to do another season of curb i'm like i, I gotta go like all hands on deck for yeah. hbo pr it's just gotta happen yeah um it's a good choice i must say yeah he, i mean and the like the last the latte larry season was so 
It was so good, right? I mean, it, you, so good. you might rank it up among the best seasons of the show. And uh, that's what's amazing about him is that, you know, it's like, you know, like your favorite band doesn't usually put out incredible albums that deep into their career. But Larry just keeps uh, writing hits, I guess. I think the breaks are, I'll say this, forget, forget the past season, whenever the next season comes, it has to, even if Corona is over by then, there's got to be, he's got to do Corona. I mean, it's, just, it's it quarantine and all around, right They're They're isolating together. <laughs> has to happen. It's has absolutely got to happen. Gotta happen. And, and, uh, and I love that. I think the New York times did an article with him right after the lockdown started. And he, I didn't realize he had a, a live in girlfriend. So it was him and his girlfriend right. and his daughters and he yeah. was making tuna fish sandwiches every day. And I thought, man, that would be, that would be pretty fun to be locked down with Larry. Absolutely. Um, so and what was huge about that is Curb was on while we were quarantined. Yes. So we needed that. Uh, is there anything you've watched in the last three, four months that you can recommend to me and my listeners? Is there anything that, I mean, I, I haven't watched a ton of new stuff, which it seems like, you know, you mentioned something with Kyle about, um, I think you guys were talking about music maybe. And I think Kyle had said he stopped basically listening to new music a while ago. And you mentioned like, how do people have time to do all these things? And even in, even in quarantine, I, I, the amount, like I, I'll know someone and then be like, Oh, I watched this and I binge this and this was on Netflix and this was, I'm like, how I don't get it. But the only thing I've really, I rewatched the Sopranos and then I haven't really dug into anything new. So for me, it's such a cliche, but now I don't get to watch any TV because of the kids. It's all kids TV, but yeah, if I can steal away a little bit of time, the one show that I have watched and I do recommend to people over the past couple of years is Bill Hader's show, Barry, on HBO. I've heard, yes, good things. I've heard it's, about that. Yeah, it's such it's such a good show because it does this amazing thing where it can be uproariously funny one minute and then just like bone-chillingly terrorizing the next second. Right. And he is fantastic in it you know he he can switch you know from comedic to dramatic really quickly henry winkler obviously has won an emmy for it and he was so he's so great in it stephen root we were talking about joe rogan Mm. news radio when you think back about that show jimmy the cast is absolutely mind-boggling so joe a young joe rogan is is on that show uh, Andy Dick, Stephen Root, Phil, the late great Phil Hartman, yeah, just yeah. incredible. Of course, I think Maura Tierney was the love interest, and then Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall was sort of the everyman kind of star of it. Right, and, uh, man. So Stephen Root, who is amazing on that show, is also on Barry, and he's just great. He's just amazing. yeah. I remember f- flirting with the idea of watching it, and it was because of Hank- Henry Winkler more than anything. I, I remember because he won the Emmy, like you said, and. Uh, I was intrigued by it. It's funny. It's something about one name shows here because the other show I've heard a ton about is a show. I think it's on FXX called Dave that I've been meaning to check out. So I, I Dave know. and Barry, Barry and Dave. I, I got Who's in that show? I don't know. That. I don't know, but I have, but Alan Seppenwall, who is the TV critic for the rolling, uh, for Rolling Stone, who yeah. I have an immense amount of respect for has, I think he said it's been like the best show of the year, maybe or something, wow. you know? T- yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in. So, yeah, Barry if and Dave. If Wall likes it, I'm in. Yeah, that's usually a good policy. Although, what did we argue about recently? Oh, I, I said The Hangover was a top 10 comedy, and he got on me about that, which 
is probably a fair take to get on me, but maybe it doesn't crack the top 10, maybe it's top 20, but you know, you throw out these things on Twitter just for it's shits and giggles. Like, and- it, it, this is going to sound weird, but the hangover is yeah. almost like the matrix in that the, the sequels were underwhelming enough to yes. make question the original. Does that make sense? That's a good point. That's a, no, no, I think that's a, yes, because here's what it is when you're, so I know that all the, the kids today, the youngins, Yep. They're all about the streaming. I'm old, so I have cable. So I still flip around the channels and, you know, all that stuff. And when I see, you know, TNT, you know, four o'clock Saturday afternoon, hangover two or hangover three, you cringe. Yeah. You cringe. Yeah. That's not good. Whereas like I recently got into this on Twitter with other American Pie, two is just as good as one. Right. It almost boosts up one. Whereas with you're totally right. There is a cringe with uh when you see hang on, especially three, that's, yeah. that's big trouble. Well, when, when, uh, president Obama was on between two ferns and he had, <laughs> he told those hangovers. Well, Joe, yeah. Yes. Like, what did they write that for him? Or did he, does he yeah. actually just think that I'm pretty sure they wrote that for him, but, um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I did a between two ferns binge during quarantine, maybe like two months ago. Oh, there wow. was one night I just watched a bunch of them on YouTube. And if no one has seen it, um, there is a video of Between Two Ferns outtakes or bloopers. I cannot recommend it enough. You oh will laugh the entire time. He is, there's just Zach Galifianakis. There's just some people who are just, you can't, there's no reason to explain. They're just funny. They He's are. just funny. And yeah. he, we were, the, there's a theater. I think Conan is doing a show from the Largo in LA now, which is sort of a pseudo famous comedy theater in LA. And, and I, right. when I was living there, I'd go all the time. It would just be amazing because- it would say that it was going to be, um, say, Sarah Silverman would be the headliner and she'd bring friends. Well, the friends would be Zach Galifianakis and Adam Sandler. <laughs> you know, like it would just be insane right, right. to show up. Yeah. And Galifianakis showed up and did stand-up one night and just destroyed. And I remember thinking like, man, this is just one of those guys who can probably write 20 minutes of material in his sleep and just yeah. uh, go out anywhere and just slay. Uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Absolutely. Um I appreciate you coming on and, you know, full disclosure. So I, you know, Kyle texted me and said, oh, I did Jay's. Kyle's a huge fan of yours. Yeah. Said he did your podcast. He's like, yeah. He said, your name came up and I listened and you, you were so nice and complimentary. So I appreciate that. And, um, you know, Kyle brought up how, when I had him on this podcast, we were talking about authentic people in sports media. And sadly, it seems like, you know, the majority are not, but there's a decent amount of people out there who are. You're one of them. We both did not say your name. We should have. So <laughs> let me apologize for that now. And I should have had you on the podcast sooner. Um, I think, you know what? You know, I just realized I did reach out to you. It was when you got into that Twitter thing with Chris Broussard. And this is why yeah. I respect And this is why I respect for you. And I think this is, wait, but let me just say this. This is about you being authentic. You said to me, you didn't want to come on during that whole thing because you know, why add fuel to the fire, then you're coming on just to engage in that. Whereas most people, like 99% of the people in this business would basically give a limb to come on and continue that, you know, and continue a feud and keep bashing someone. Whereas you were like, I don't want to do this. And even though you said no to me, I, I had a great amount of respect for why. And I think more people should take that route because what goes on now with the back and forth day to day with people just fighting and it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, there's nothing uh, more cringeworthy, Jimmy, than talent on talent crime. 
There really isn't. For and, you, but for a writer like me, it's gold. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But for me, it was never that was all about I had a point to make. Once I made it, I'm done, you know. Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah, and I yeah, and I, I think that's a good lesson that people in this business should take. Yeah. And I and I do in like all jokes aside, I, I, there's very few people in the business I don't like. I mean, I, mm. you know, I get along with so many people. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Schrager. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, generally I don't like being that guy, but eh, once in a while you got to be that yeah. guy. But no, I appreciate you saying that. And I love listening to the podcast. Uh, I love when you have James Andrew Miller on. I I, uh, I think it's just fantastic uh, listening. And, and yeah, and Kyle, you know, it's, like, it's one of those things now, the one of the good things about all these different mediums, podcasting, streaming, everything is that there is a little more freedom to be authentic. I think, you know, there's, there's even from management because Mm -hmm. they're all looking for a way for you to stand out, right? They all want you to stand out. They, you know, the guys who just get you from A to B, um, you know, that that's not something that they're looking for anymore. They want you to let that personality come out a little bit. Well, one of the things I struggle with, you'd be a good person to, ask about one of the things I struggle with is I feel like there are some people who listen to this podcast because they want to hear me interview the guest about sports media. And then I think there are some people who listen because they want to hear me talk about the hangover and American pie and why the sequels are bad or good. Right. It's, you know, so you got to really try to hit that middle and it's really hard sometimes because you got to so serve both and you, it's hard to do that on a week. You know, I don't have a co-host so I'm, and I don't, I'm not into riffing by myself. I need someone, I want someone I could, you know, riff with. And I want that person to tell me when I'm being an idiot and tell me to, I'm wrong. And, you know, it's hard to find someone like that. So I try to stick to the interviews and then do that stuff in the interview. But I don't know if there's a better way to do it. I think it's, you know, I know you're a Stern fan. So yeah. if you think of Stern and you listen to Stern, there's things I like about the show now. And there's things that I could do without, right? So, um it it doesn't make me dislike him any less though. Right. right. You know, like right. Oh, right. overall, I'm still going to, when I get in my car, I'm still going to put it on his channel and I'm still going to, to listen to him. And if I, if I'm not digging what he's rapping on at that particular moment, then I, I won't listen at that particular moment, but I'm definitely going back to him because I know there's always going to be gold there. And it's, he has changed so much right over the years. As you oh, know, I mean, tremendously. Up, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, he's so different now. And I think as long as you're as long as you're authentic to you know to who you really are, you're passionate and you're authentic and you're speaking with passion, people will absolutely cling on to that and stick with you. Whether you change a little bit from being a straight-on interview about sports media to talking a little bit about Alan Sappenwall and his television, <laughs> right? Know? And the other right. thing we, I think in general we all dabble, right? We all have a little bit of love for music. We have a little bit of love for sports, right. a little bit of love for pop culture. And I think more people like that angle. If they want the hardcore sports podcasts, man, they're out there, right? <laughs> like, yeah. They're there. yeah that's you true. Know, they're there for you if you want it. So yeah. Uh, it's know, funny because so, see, you mentioned that Stern thing and now I could literally do two hours on that. Right. Right. Two hours easy exactly. on him changing and people turning on him and the whole, you know, it's, that's a fascinating story, but doesn't exactly fit into sports media. So then I get frustrated by that. Right. Yeah. Well, or like good, isn't good morning football and it's success. The, and this is us bringing it back, Jimmy, this we're bringing yeah. it all back to the beginning. It, it's success is a great example of what we're talking about, right? They're not, 
they're talking about football, obviously, but they have no problem zipping off into, you know, Kyle and Peter, right? And Kay have mm-hmm. no problem zipping off Nate, especially into other pop culture stuff and, and just yeah. having fun with it because that's a three hour show. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't possibly be that hardcore about football for three hours. You got to have a bit of levity, I think. Yeah. Well, what's interesting with them is they've got to deal with the NFL. So, who know, you know, uh, I'm sure the NFL would probably like more hardcore football. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. But like you said, three hours a day, five days a week, that's 15 hours of television that you can't just break down X's and O's. You got to have some fun with it. And I think you know. so. And, and ultimately, from a management perspective, whoever's running the NFL network now, the numbers for them, right, that's been a huge success for them. So maybe they would like more hardcore football talk, but what they like better is good numbers. So, yeah. so they'll probably leave them alone. I hope they do. Um, so you got a hockey coming back. I'm going to ask you a dumb question to wrap this up because I'm, I'm assuming the answer is football, but I'm asking because you just never know. S- behind the NHL in Toronto or Canada overall, NFL, NBA, w- 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 is it NFL that's still more? It's more NBA people are into probably it's definitely oh, okay. in Toronto because you know just because the, Raptors, the Raptors right right uh, being champions in Toronto the Raptors are so massive and they were massive across the country that's the beautiful thing about Canada is if if a team like that starts winning the whole country gets behind them and that's exactly what happened and it's what happened with the Blue Jays back in the early nineties and right. when they went off the, on those playoff runs in twenty fifteen twenty sixteen so. Um, it's, it's probably, you know, if you go by ratings though, it's, it's probably still NFL because, you know, well, it's a hard ratings comparison because you got once a week, Sunday NFL, you know, 16 games as opposed to 82 or whatever in a, in a regular season. But in terms of interest, in terms of sports talk radio coverage, people talking about on the streets, NBA and Raptors over NFL. Definitely here in, in this country, in this part of the country, I would right. say yes. But you know, like hockey is still, you know, I would argue still bigger than all the rest of them combined. You know, it's just, wow. and that's just because that's the sport we play up here. And, yeah. and that's the sport that people play in Atlantic Canada and the prairies and the territories and the Arctic and Toronto and Winnipeg and Vancouver. They played everywhere. Whereas uh, basketball is obviously becoming way bigger and the NFL is big. We still have the Canadian football league though. They're in serious trouble. They need some government money. So we'll Hmm. see how that plays out. But, uh, but yeah, definitely hockey is, is, I think is always going to be King up here, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. It makes sense. Um, well, enjoy uh, the NHL season when it returns, and thanks for coming on. And uh, it was long overdue, and keep up the good work. And uh, we will definitely uh, be chatting again soon on the podcast for sure. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Anytime. Take it easy. Thanks. All right. My thanks to Jayon Wright for the great conversation. One of the better people in sports media, as you heard right there. Very entertaining. And, uh, good guy there if you missed any past episodes like i said earlier at the top go into the archives and check them out jamel hill last week very interesting conversation on her time at espn and working with colin kaepernick in the future and uh covered a bunch of sports media news two weeks ago with austin carp from sports business journal all right that wraps up this edition of the si media podcast see you next week take care
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.